This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling? With Lindsay Hine, I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful that you're here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids, and my hope is that you walk away from each episode with something big or small to help you in your day-to-day life, as well as the big stuff in parenting as well. Today, you're listening to episode 16, and I'm talking with Wendy Snyder. Wendy is a positive parenting teacher and family coach. She helps families parent with great purpose and intention by creating healthy, respectful, and cooperative relationships. She is a certified parent educator of redirecting children's behavior and an advocate for families. Wendy is one of my favorite parenting mentors out there. I have learned so much from Wendy and I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to learn from her. This is my third time interviewing Wendy. If you love this conversation and you want to hear more from Wendy, make sure you check out my other episodes with her. They're actually over on another podcast called The Illuminate Podcast, which is another show in the Sandy Boy Productions network that this show is a part of. She was episode 39 over there. We talked about compassionate discipline and she was also episode 15 and that was all about positive parenting. Now in this episode, we talk about strong-willed kids, age-appropriate behavior, and the power surges kids go through at different ages. We also talk about redirecting, teaching our kids about their feelings, agreements ahead of time, and designing logical consequences to behavior. I mean, this episode is packed full of good stuff. I do want to let you know before we get started, Wendy has a five-day free parenting challenge. It's a five-day free mini course that starts Monday, January 25th, and you can get that when you go to freshstartfamilyonline.com, and I will also link to that in our show notes of this episode. I hope you get as much out of this conversation with Wendy as I did. Enjoy my conversation with Wendy Snyder. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Wendy Snyder on the show. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's like talking to an old friend because I've interviewed you a couple other times on another podcast, the Illuminate podcast. And I was just telling you before this episode, before we hit record, that I really found with the Illuminate podcast that my favorite episodes were the parenting episodes. So I I created a new home here over on Why Is Everyone Yelling? And I am just so excited to talk to you today. Um, Can you share a little bit about Fresh Start Families and what you do at Fresh Start Families? Yes, I would love to. Yeah, you are just the podcast queen, Lindsay. I love it. And (laughs) so I just feel very honored to be on this new show. So that's great. And uh, yeah, let me tell you a little bit more about um, Fresh Start Family and how it came about. So I've been a positive educator, positive parenting educator now for um, almost a decade. 
And I discovered this work when my daughter, um, my beautiful, strong-willed soul daughter, came into the world. And as soon as she became a toddler, I realized that I needed help. And it was kind of shocking to me because my husband and I, we fell in love super early. And we just always had this mindset that if you put your head down and you work hard and you plan well, then you can kind of accomplish whatever you want in life. And while that is very true for a lot of things, I think once you have a human soul, um, <laughs> it's just kind of a different ballgame, right? And it like humbles you and you often, especially if you get gifted with a strong-willed child like we did, we just realized that we really needed support, that things weren't just falling into place like we had thought they were going to. And we were just really having trouble understanding our daughter. So, um, you know, like kind of at the the heart of the, the worst days, um, I had just had my second kiddo who had colic, just like Stella. So both my kids ended up having colic the first three months of their lives. So this during this really dark season, when I found positive parenting, the baby would just cry all day long. And then Stella was just embarking on the many challenges of toddlerhood as a strong-willed child. And pretty soon there, I had just left my career in the corporate world to stay at home with my babies, thinking it was going to be a dream. And pretty soon it got dark, like really dark, where I was like, what have I done? I don't want to leave my career. I don't want to be home with these kids. I have I have no idea what to do to make my little girl listen better. She seemed to say no to everything. She was such an out-of-the-box thinker. It seemed like she was like purposely pushing my buttons. And I just was describing her her pretty much every day when my husband came home from work as like disobedient, sassy, um, disrespectful, out of control just all of the things. Um, and so thank God at that time, uh, her preschool offered a free positive parenting class, uh, a program called redirecting children's behavior. And I stepped into that classroom and all of a sudden the light just started to return to my days. And I felt like as you know, what they taught me, the ways to see Stella in a much different light, the way to understand misbehavior and the root causes of it in children, the way to change my communication, the way to understand how to discipline with compassion instead of thinking it always needed to hurt or make a child feel worse to make them behave better. Um, it just, it just, everything started to change. So that's when I decided to become a positive parenting educator. I had gone to school for marketing, so it was very different um, than what I had studied, but um, I got certified and that's when I started teaching. And then a few years later after teaching in person, I decided I really wanted to help families all over the world especially, you know, homes where maybe they didn't have a positive parenting course if they weren't in a big city. Like so many mm -hmm. families don't live in a big city, so they just don't have access to positive parenting education. And so I knew I wanted to build a program online where I could really help families no matter where they lived. And and that's what we do now. So we I built Fresh Start Family a few years ago. It's been three years now. And um, we have members now that have gone through our courses and are in our membership program called the Bonfire from all over the world. We have 10 countries now represented in our Bonfire membership program and who have gone through, more than 10 actually, who have gone through our positive parenting course called the Foundations Course. And it just lights me up, Lindsay. I just love this stuff like and I especially love supporting families who have a strong-willed child or a few um, because 
dang, there's just nothing like it. Like if you get, if you get blessed and I really do believe they're blessings, they're not curses. Um, if you get blessed with a strong willed kid, like you, you need support because it is not an easy ride. So that's a little bit about how we got here. Okay. Well, let's just start with what defining a strong willed kid. Yeah. So strong willed children, I think are just born with and beautifully and perfectly designed with very strong feelings, thoughts, opinions. Often it gets combined with um, sensitivities. They have, you know, in my experience, very high highs and very low lows. They often are like um, deep feelers. Mm -hmm. So both emotionally and physically, and they just have this incredible desire to um, basically do things their way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, culture has spun that as like, you know, you need to break that will. You need to make sure they submit to authority. You need to make sure that they know who's boss. And what's, what's hard is it actually goes so against the grain of these human souls. And we're not just talking kids, right? I mean, we're talking all different types of human beings. I mean, these little strong-willed kids grow up to be strong-willed adults and really strong-willed kids are our next generation of future leaders. Like most of the strong-willed humans are most comfortable once they grow up when they're in a leadership type of role because they do enjoy setting their own path. They have such creativity. They have such visions. They have such strong convictions and thought beliefs about the way things should should be. Um, and when they're mentored properly, when someone comes besides them, beside them and says, hey, look, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to carry shame throughout your life. You don't need to be different. And this is a big personality you've got that you've been blessed with. You're going to do great things in this world. We need you. I always say like, the world needs, I call them cactus kids. Like mm. we can't have all orchids and like daisies in the world. Like the world needs cacti. They are unique. They push the boundaries. They are the ones who have courage to stand up and say, this is not right. Like we need to create change in this area. They often also have very big justice buttons, um, which means they just care about equality and things being, you know, equal, that kind of stuff. Um, but when they're mentored properly, they just grow up to be incredible leaders that um, are very courageous and brave and um, are just really cool, awesome human beings. So yeah, and I think one, one of my favorite ways, I, I have a free guide if, if families are listening and they're like, yeah, I think I might have a strong-willed kid or mm -hmm. I know I have a strong-willed kid. Um, the free guide that I'm sure you'll put in the show notes, Lindsay, but it kind of breaks down some descriptions of strong-willed kids that are typically used. And some of those terms that I said earlier, right, like, which I completely lived in day in and day out when Stella was three before I found this work. So demanding, disobedient, sassy, um, disrespectful, stubborn, defiant, like those are often the words that we use to define strong-willed kids. But then when you look at some of the most incredible leaders in our world, whether it's presidents you respected greatly or CEOs of organizations you um, worked for or pastors of churches that you loved, uh, lots of times those type of incredible leaders are described as persistent, perseverant. Um, they are like, they can command a room well. They are courageous. They are brave. Um, like the, the, again, in that free guide, I go over so many words that are kind of synonyms, 
but when kids are, you know, when humans are kids, when, when, when strong-willed human beings are kids, then we describe it in a negative tone. And when mm-hmm. they grow up and they're leaders, we describe it in a positive tone. So it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I have at least three strong-willed kids, <laughs> but I also know that, you know, as, as my kids have aged, just different patterns happen at different ages, right? Like they go through different yeah. phases at different ages. And, you know, I think one of the reasons I started looking at your work is because I was just looking to have a calmer, more peaceful home. Like I was sick of yelling at my kids all the time. Do I still yell? Yeah, I do. But right. it's <laughs> much, much less than it used to be. And, um, you know, and I, and I look at my kids now and I think, I, I look at my eight-year-old and I think, oh my gosh, when you were three or when you were four, I was expecting you to behave like you were six, seven, eight. And I, I think a lot of that is learning age-appropriate behavior, right? Yes, absolutely. And I love that what you mentioned there about they seem to go through seasons. So for sure, kids, there's two big power surge stages of life. So Again, there's kind of two ways you can look at when strong wills wills are present or when they come out. So again, some of us have kids when they were born, we could feel it. Like I could literally, we could feel Stella's strength in like her personality and even her, her body. Like she was very muscular from like a very young age when she was a baby, even from birth. And then there are other times when I have families I work with that are like, oh my gosh, like my kid's been pretty easygoing. And then all of a sudden- mm-hmm. They seem to be pushing back all the time. And what I help families understand is those are called power surge stages of life. So those are when it's like you can count on for sure sometime between the ages of say two and six for your kiddo to be in a heightened state of testing limits, pushing boundaries, like developing their autonomy. Like it's it's important developmentally wise that they do that. So mm. as educators, we actually, you know, when it comes to like worrying, which we don't really, but like, let's just say we worry more about the kids who aren't pushing back during those big seasons or those, those stages. Um, than we do the ones who are like pushing a lot. And the other, um, big one of course is tweens and teens. Mm. So it's like, you know, anytime your kids between the ages of 12 and 18, like that's going to be the second big power surge stage of life. And a lot of families see in between there, you get a little leveling out where kids are just able to settle a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's different seasons and looking at what is developmentally appropriate. And Lindsay, the big thing is like just surrounding yourself with mentors and, um, even friends and family who are willing and have an open heart to learn and grow to understand what's going on with the kids. Because again, traditional cultural myths will tell you like, you know, you better get control of that. There's something wrong with the kid. Like you, (laughs) you need to break that will fast or, or like, that's not okay. And when you have a different mindset of like, Oh, here we are, this is what's called a power um, category of misbehavior. And right now my kiddos and he's in power misbehavior a lot. Um, whereas like his sister's seven or eight now, and she's 
like she's learning, you know, or say if you have an older kid and they're just learning to read or ride a bike or something, they may dip down into inadequacy types of misbehavior more. So yeah, they all have their different seasons and all kids are going to go through all different categories of misbehavior a lot. Um, and it's always going to fluctuate. And so the more you're like educated on, okay, this is this miscategory of misbehavior. This is the tools I have in my tool belt so I can redirect appropriately instead of just saying, stop it, like stop stop pushing back, stop saying no. It just doesn't work very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've practiced a lot and I, when my, ever since, you know, we first started talking, um, in those first few episodes on illuminate and I read some of the books you've suggested, like the seven spiritual gifts or the seven spiritual laws of success for parents. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's one of them. That's really good. Yeah, oh, we have so, so many on our website that we recommend. Yeah, that's the one I bought and I've read it twice now. Um, just when I see one of my kids misbehaving and doing something that feels inappropriate to me, I think, what what is it that he's missing? What is it that he needs? What is it that he feels frustrated about? And, you know, I somebody posted this on Facebook yesterday, and I don't even think I would have noticed it in the past, but um, she says he's not giving me a hard time. He's having a hard time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, because we take it so personally as the parent and we get so angry. Like, why are you making this so hard for me? And yeah, it does feel really hard. Like it is really challenging, but um, I'm learning that I need to focus on like, okay, there's a reason he's hitting me right now. There's a reason he's screaming at me. What, what needs to happen here? So that leads me to talking a little bit about punishment versus discipline because in the past I would kind of think okay my my four-year-old is hitting me right now why does he think he can hit me this isn't allowed like you know I do need to set him in his place I do need to say you can't do that you can't hit me and like scream and put him in his room whereas now I take a much more calm approach and I think sometimes to the outside people looking in that might look like I'm being a pushover but I've learned that in that moment, me yelling at him for hitting me isn't going to change how he feels or what he's doing in that moment. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. And, and it's because it's not getting to the root of the problem. It's like for me, it's always like um, I'm so visual. So I like to picture a plant, right? Like if there's a root problem or there's a disease in the soil, let's say you can keep cutting back the leaves as much as you want, but the plant is never going to thrive if you have the wrong soil, right? Or if you, if there's a disease in there, or if you don't have enough sunlight, like you got parents have got to get to the root problem and then you are so much more powerful in actually ending the behavior. But this taps into like, well, what is true power, right? Because traditionally we're taught that power means you puff up, you know, you puff up your chest, you make sure you lay the smack down. And that's usually through fear and force. If we're being honest, it's through threats mm -hmm. or it's through physical force or punishments, right? That it's like this idea of like, where do we get the notion that in order to make our kids behave better, we must first make them feel worse. Mm -hmm. But as parents, like, because often we're three times their size, of course, like we have access to all the financials and everything. They, they can't really compete with us. So we are more powerful than them. And we make sure we exert that authority in that way, right? Like that's kind of the traditional model. And so 
here at Fresh Start Family, we teach parents to instead trap into what is or tap in to what is true power. And true power is actually the ability to influence another human being to do what you want or follow your rules or, you know, walk the path that you want them to walk because they're inspired by you and because you've shown them the way, you've modeled how to do it, and then you've taught them um, with compassion and grace and all that good stuff while staying firm to your limits and like not letting people step all over you. But it's, that's, that to me is what is true power. So, so, and I love that you said, Lindsay, about, you mentioned like, um, how always in our minds, I think we're always thinking like, well, what is other people going to think of us? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and always. Everybody is listening. It's like, yes, of course we think that. And we've got, we've got to stop. Like, so that's that's why I'm so passionate about communities, right? And that's why I built the Bonfire Membership Program that um, is just so life-giving because a lot of times when families start practicing this work, like you've really started practicing it with your boys and and you find that you're in public situations where you're like, ooh, this is hard. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my gosh, this person thinks this, right? Um, but when you're in a community and you're like, oh, I've checked in with the group where I've attended some live coachings this week. And not only am I not the only one, there's other families who are doing the same thing and are getting to the root problem and then like teaching and breaking painful generational cycles. So their boys actually know what to do with themselves when they're angry instead of hurting back, like, or they know how to um, express, you know, their feelings without feeling shameful or feeling like they're weak because they cried or they're sad, whatever it is, like you just get so filled up. So, but it's hard, it's hard. And, um, and if you, if you're not care, you know, if we're not full of care, we'll get sucked in to caring more about what general society does. And most of general society does not care enough to get into parenting courses, change their paradigm, expand their toolkit and do things different because it is, it can, you know, it can be, it can be work. So, Basically, when it comes to switching up your mindset, because I know you said, you know, like, I'm tempted to just punish. There, there's a few things that I recommend for families if, they, if they're like, cool, compassionate discipline sounds awesome. Like, first of all, Wendy, what is that? And we can get more into that in a second. But the, there's a few things that you can do to get out of the punishment mindset, which again, is that like, where do we get the notion that in order to make kids behave better, we must first make them feel worse. So one of the number one is like, commit to focusing on the future versus staying stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's what discipline does. I like to think of like Olympic athletes when they're training for like, you know, a downhill skiing competition or something like, yes, they take into account like their times from yesterday and their falls or whatever, but they are training and practicing and they have their eyes on the prize, which is the gold medal. Like that is what they're envisioning. That is what they're focusing on. Um, so in order to like stay guided towards the light, you have to stay focused on the future. And traditionally punishment is focused on retribution and paying the price for your past mistakes. Whereas discipline is focused on teaching life skills and making different decisions tomorrow. It's very future oriented. Um, second is you always want to ask yourself, you know, when you're thinking about like, okay, which way am I going to go here? I could easily lay the smack down and do punishment or I could reach out for some support. I could pick up my books or tap into Wendy's programs. 
and do compassionate discipline and you want to ask yourself, what do I want my kids to learn from how I teach them? So do I want them to, to learn life skills or do I want them to know how wrong it is when they do it that way and that they're going to pay their price? Um, again, number three is like proximity to others. Like who are you surrounding yourself with? Because when we surround ourselves with other people that are like, that is stupid. Like you cannot teach a child to stop hitting by giving them grace. Like that is just dumb. Like you're going to have a hard time. You got to find people to surround yourself with. And then number four, um, just use some new verbiage with your discipline for sure. Because again, when we're focused on like, stop it. Um, don't do this, don't do that, stop doing that. It kind of just, it doesn't work as well. We want to instead be focused on how do you do things differently? So instead of the stop it's, focus on like the how to's. So how am I going to teach my child to stop hitting? How am I going to teach my child to actually pet the dog gently? Like when you focus on the how to's, it's, it's easier to choose compassionate discipline over the traditional punishment of like, I'm taking your iPad away or you're getting a spanking or whatever it is. And then lastly is trust your intent. So again, like it is, it is so like everyone who is, I believe I choose to see the good in every family. And I know that parents, they want to raise good kind human souls who contribute and are meaningful members of our, of our society and focus on what you want, what you don't want. So your intention is like, I want to raise kids who are kind and loving and, um, respectful and, um, are humble, right? Instead of, I will not raise an entitled Mm -hmm. brat. Mm -hmm. I will not let my child get away with this. Um, that, but those are common things that get in our way. And then we just revert back to the punishment of like cutting the, cutting the leaves back instead of actually nurturing the soil. Yeah. It's really easy to fall back into that too. When you're, you perceive your kid to be acting like a spoiled brat or something like that. You're like, you have everything you could ever need, you know? Right. Um, Oh, that is one of my, was, I should say, I've cleaned it up quite a bit, but I (laughs) say that all the time. And, like, it's, and I was repeating that in the car when I was kind of thinking about this interview and I was like, it sounds so mean. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Spoiled <Yes>. brat. <laughs> yes. It's such a funny term, right? Brat. Yeah. All right, friends, a quick break here to let you know that we have a Facebook group for this podcast. I would love to have you join it. That is probably the best way that I can connect personally with anybody who's listening. If you just go to Facebook and search in the groups, why is everyone yelling? You'll find us. And then you can find us on Instagram. Why is everyone yelling? We are actually doing a outside challenge over there. We are encouraging all the listeners to try to get their kids outside more. It's called 1000 Hours Outside. And that is just a fun place where you can follow along there. There's no no strings attached or anything to it. It's just a community and a place where hopefully you are more encouraged in your parenting journey. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Network. And you can learn more about that network When you go to sandyboyproductions.com, as well as Instagram, there's an Instagram page for Sandy Boy, Sandy Boy Productions. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Wendy. So I'd love to talk about what that um, discipline looks like. I I think specifically, let's go with with the hitting. Um, and, And I mentioned earlier that I used to be much more 
offended <laughs> as a parent when my child hit me thinking, oh my gosh, like, you know, he, he shouldn't think he, he should be able to do this. And, and the more that I've done this, the more I realized most every kid hits at some point. Um, yeah. And here's a, here's a quick example. When I pick my four-year-old up from school now, he likes to lash out and hit me because I don't bring him snacks like his dad does. (laughs) My husband shows up with Cheez-Its and I'm like, we live three minutes from home, from the school. You can eat when, as soon as you get home. So anyway, I've like stuck my foot down that I'm not bringing snacks and he hits me and I'm to the point where I kind of just calmly put him, you know, calmly as I kind of get him into his car seat and buckle him up through his resisting. And I just, car seat squish. yeah. And I just go sit down and I just kind of like, don't really say anything because there's really nothing to say. And then, you know, we talk about it later. Like this isn't okay. It's not okay to hit people, but I do feel like it's kind of this vicious cycle. Like even if I'm not lashing out at him, like I once did with my older kids. Um, so I'm curious what your steps would be in a situation like that. Yes. And Lindsay, I just, I love, I just love your heart. I've just, oh, from, thanks. I've chosen to record with you like three times now. <laughs> I just love your heart. And I know that you have really stopped something or, you know, yeah, you have, I have we, tried. Don't have, we do not talk about perfection here. There is no perfection. No, like, no. Yeah. We, we are learning, we're growing and we're not perfect. So, but I know how hard you've worked to really change some things. And the fact that you've um, pulled back on some of those super reactive things that you used to do when the kids would misbehave is really awesome. So and that's um, it reactive. That's totally it. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about that a lot in the past too. Yeah. Yep. So it's very inspiring. So Thanks. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> I, but yes, that. everybody listening, I do still yell of and, course. and make choices that I later regret, but I'm definitely working on it. So um, oh, I know after 10 years of practicing this work, I still do too. So again, there's no perfection here, but, um, so here's one of the things I heard you say was, um, I think your words were like, stop it. It's not okay. Mm. Don't do that again. Mm. Right. Which is awesome. Again, I'm highlight. I want to highlight some of the awesome things that you're doing, which is you're waiting till a calm time yeah. because when a kid's in a heightened state, um, or you're in a heightened state, like emotionally, there's no, like the learning centers often turn off and mm-hmm. there's like that fight, flight or freeze mechanism that, that amygdala that starts to light up and, um, and it just doesn't work well to teach. There's going to be a lot of resistance. We're not going to be effective teachers. They're not going to be effective learners. So, um, I love that you you taught, you're trying to teach in a calm time, but right now what I'm hearing from you is just that it's not okay and that there's something wrong with what he's doing. Mm. So, so if you were this little guy, like, are you being taught anything about the how to? Mm, okay. Right. So, so what we want to do is we want to figure out like, what is underneath of this? And this one probably is pretty simple and it might even be silly. And it's actually a great example because, okay. So when it comes to revenge misbehavior, which is probably what this is, because when you, when he hits you, you probably feel hurt and angry, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Whereas the other categories of misbehavior, you're going to feel something different. So the big the big thing with revenge misbehavior is that kids often have a mistaken belief that in order to feel like when I feel hurt, in order to feel better, I must hurt back 
and it's and it sucks because it's often what's been modeled to them. Mm. Um, and I know it's it's hard. It's like so hard to hear that, and and it's and it's so so freaking true. So we want to show this little boy. We want to get to the root of it and start start asking him and start to figure out. And I think you already know, like you said, it's like he's he's just hurt because daddy goes out of his way to do something kind for him, so to speak, in his mind. It doesn't have to be rational. You don't have to agree with it. You just have to try to figure out what it could be. And I think you have. You're like, daddy goes out of his way and he does these really sweet things to like bring him these Cheetos. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not doing that. Right. So for him, he's like, that, that hurts mom. Like, why don't you, Mm. why won't you do something nice for me? Right. In his little four-year-old ways. And you're like, dude, it's Cheetos. You're three miles away. Like you're fine. But to him, He's like, why are you hurting me? I'll show you. Mm -hmm. If you're going to hurt me, I'll hurt you back. Um, So we want to start to teach this little guy like, hey, that's the feeling of being hurt, feeling hurt. Mm -hmm. And I like to teach kids five different feelings. My daughter has a lesson within our Bonfire membership group for the kids. She has lots of lessons for kids. Oh, I love that. Yes. She filmed this one, I think, when she was like nine. But it's the five basic feelings, which all other feelings stem from. But Um, happy, mad, sad, hurt, and scared. And most of us, we were raised in homes where it was like, happy was good. That was the end all be all. Everything else, you wanted it to go away or you you wanted to hide it. Mm. So with hurt, it was like, stop it, get up, you're fine. You're not bleeding. You're fine. Stop crying. Scared was like, oh, don't be scared. Everything's fine. Don't be scared. Don't be silly. Angry was like, don't you dare get angry with me mm-hmm. and then what was oh and then sad was like oh buddy like don't be sad do you want a cookie like I'll do anything to not have you be sad so we never were taught like he, he, this is these are emotions like these are built into the, your humanity like they're never gonna go away and they're beautiful they all make up the wholeness of life sadness shows how much you care anger is about justice like shining a flashlight on something that needs to change um Hurt shows that you have a tender heart. Um, What was the other one? And scared is the root of bravery and courage. Like you cannot be brave and courage, courageous unless you're you're scared first. So I like to teach kids about these feelings and say, hey, when I pick you up from school and I don't bring the Cheetos, I think I figured it out. I think you're just feeling hurt. Mm. Would you agree that because you, because daddy does this really nice thing for you and you think mommy is choosing purposely maybe to not do the nice thing for you. Does that hurt your feelings? And I guarantee you, Lindsay, he probably would maybe say, yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't. You're going to go, oh, okay. Well, no wonder you get upset. So, and I want you to understand that um, it's not okay. I'm not, I, lots of I words, guys, mm-hmm. lots of I words, okay. as many I words as you can use. Don't like take a break from the you. I, I am not okay with anybody hitting me. Mm. So um, I'm going to teach you how to do it differently. So tomorrow when I pick you up, do you think you could try to say, um, hey, mama, I feel so hurt right now. Or why won't you bring me like, why won't you bring me Cheetos? Or like, why this hurts my feelings? Like you, you know, kiddo, what's his name? Russell. Russell, do you know that you can always tell me how you feel? You can tell me that you're mad at me. You can tell me that I've hurt your feelings or you can say I feel hurt. You can tell me that you're sad. You can tell me that you're scared. Like you will always be allowed to tell me how you feel. You will not be allowed to hit me. So I am here to support you. You're learning life skills. Of course you're upset, dude. Like this is a weird year. We're in COVID. Cheetos make you happy. No wonder you're like stressed. Um, And 
we're going to practice a new way. So before we go to bed tonight, let's do you want to do a role play with Legos or do you want to do a redo and we can pretend that mommy picked you up and I don't have the Cheetos. Which one would you rather do? I just had um, actually just today was I was featured on um, our here in San Diego. We have this beautiful um, museum for children called the San Diego Children's Discovery Museum, and they interviewed me all about using play mm. with logical consequences. So using play to discipline. And so this is kind of an example of that where I love that. you're going to really engage his learning centers and kids learn so well through play. And if you get those Legos out and you practice like the way that's not working and, you know, you have fun with it and you say how you feel, you, he says how he feels. When he gets home, everyone has to do the calming break. You're not allowed to go a play outside that night because you're like, putting your foot down, there will not be hitting, right? Whatever it is. And then you redo it with the Legos where he chooses to say to you, mama, I feel hurt. Like you hurt my feelings. And then you get to say, well, thank you so much for telling me. Let's talk about this. Like, do you want to, let's get creative. Like I'd be willing to, you know, maybe you get, you pack the snack the night before and put it in the car. So it's ready for you. Like, let's get creative. Like I'm not against snacks um, and we can work this out. So then you practice it like, but you do it with toys. And then a redo is like, you actually just act it out. And you can do you can do redos with puppets too. So um, so yeah, that's kind of some ideas for you. And, and I, I, love I, that. I, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. those ideas. I, I really, really do. And, you know, maybe the person I really need to talk to is my husband to say, hey, look what you've done here with your snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, especially Cheetos, dude. It's it's Cheez Its, and I like. Um, oh, I even yes. brought a Z bar yeah, last night, and the Z bar, you know, like a kid's Z bar, and like that wasn't doing. It has to be something crunchy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't win with this snack situation. Um, but part of it too is, you know, you were talking about power kids earlier. That's me. Like yeah. that's me being that power human, like stubborn, like, I, well, I'm not going to give in to this, to the snack. I don't have to do that. You know? <laughs> yes, it's totally true. So that's what you want to look at too, because this is what happens. Lindsay is power misbehavior turns into revenge misbehavior. So I would guess that you and him probably had a power struggle over whether you would bring snacks or snacks or not. And then as soon as that didn't work for him, he, uh, so a lot of power kids, they will end up feeling hurt by basically not having any success in feeling powerful. It makes, it causes them to feel hurt because it goes against their grain. Like I crack up watching my daughter who's 13 now, cause I'm like, it's like 10 times a day. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you, you love, you thrive feeling powerful. Like mm -hmm. I need to start writing it in my journal every time that I notice it. Cause I'm like, there it is. There it is. Just Sunday. We have a neighborhood like where we're, we have a very active community and like, we're having like a cookie thing, um, outside, like on, you know, in our front yards, like in our driveways. Um, and she's made it into a competition. Okay. She's like, it's, it's a competition. And I'm like, it's not a competition, but she's like, I want to do it on my own. And so her little brother's like, come on, we're going to do this together. And she's like, no, I will do it on my own. I don't want anybody to help me. I'm going to win this competition. And I'm like, Stella, it is not a competition, but it's fine. I just giggle because I'm like, this is in her, like she just thrives when she's able to feel powerful. So, and what I alluded to with your little guy was that 
should you put some power into his lap and yeah. sh- and become more comfortable with sharing the power with him, then you're going to find that he responds better because right now it's like, no. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing what you want. And he's like, do what I want. And you're like, no, I won't. And so if you can get creative and start going more into the power struggle dissolving stuff, which is a whole different episode, um, that'll really help you help him to have less temptation to move into revenge behavior too. I love that. And I love that about Stella because I mean, everything's more fun if you can, if you get to compete. I I agree with her. Yes, you are so competitive, right? <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Um, okay. I'm going to work on, I'm going to work on that with, I, I can pick them up today and I'll work on that situation. I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. One more thing with yeah. that too is agreements are huge. So, oh yes, um, yes. I love this. Yeah. So the four step firm and kind process. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Like when you pick them up today, like if things don't go perfectly, like tonight is where I want you to like get proactive. So Um, I actually have a new program that's super affordable. It's a great way um, for parents to get like actually step into a learning program instead of just consuming free content. It's called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint. Again, you can link it in the show notes. It's a $27 program, but I go into details about how to do this four-step Firm and Kind process really well. So you're like, you stick to your boundaries because again, we're not practicing permissive parenting Mm -hmm. here. We're practicing firm and kind. Um, But the process, again, we go into detail in this program program and I give you tons of examples so you can become fluent in it. But the first step is to make proactive agreements, which you would you would do at bedtime tonight, which is like, hey buddy, you know how like um like when I pick you up often it's a little bit of a nightmare and um you're like you're bummed. You're I'm squishing you in the car seat. You're crying. I'm mad because you hit me. And then when we get home like you're in timeout or calming breaks. I'm like, it just feels yucky. Like, would you agree that it's not working well for us? And I think kids of all ages are like, yeah, that that did not feel like that was yucky, right? And then you do this in a calm time when you're snuggling with books. And then you say, okay, well, let's make an agreement about how tomorrow's gonna look. And you might bring in some of these conversations around the feeling of hurt and teach him. And then you say, okay, tomorrow, like when I pick you up, you know, I'm, we're going to get creative. I'm going to maybe bring a snack or not. And when you feel hurt or if you feel an emotion, you're going to practice saying to me, mommy, mm-hmm. I feel this. And then I'm going to say, thank you for telling me. And then we're going to get in the car and we're going to work it out peacefully together as a team. And then when you pick him up, the second step is you show empathy right away. So if he started, he starts to push back on that and starts to like act like he's going to hit you or do whatever, you instead of moving into stop it, don't you even dare, you move into empathy. Like, no wonder you're having a hard time with this. This is new for you. Again, like you're in COVID. Like this is hard. Like I get you, dude. You're probably hangry. You're addicted to (laughs) Cheez-Its. Like I'm just kidding. But I get you. You're not alone. No wonder you're so upset. And the, the next step is what was our agreement? If he can restate it, that's epic. If you need to restate it, you can. And then you move right into choices. So do you want to hop in your car seat fast like a cheetah? Or do you need a few minutes to take a a few deep breaths in the van while mama takes a few deep breaths in the the front and you like buckle your seatbelt by yourself when you're ready? Which one do you choose? Giving them the power. But when you become fluent in that process, that's going to give you a whole much more, a lot more success with him too. And it seems like a lot right now, but once you you memorize it, it kind of becomes very flowy and it's just very conversational, like proactive agreement the night before, empathy, restate agreement, give choices. Yeah. 
awesome. I love the agreement thing. We've been doing that a lot here. Now, let's just parlay that straight into you make your agreements ahead of time with behavior stuff. You know, like if you have issues at the dinner table, you make your agreements ahead of time. Um, how do we design logical consequences when those agreements are broken? Yes. So this is um, kind of, I'd say (laughs) for more advanced, like once you get that, that, um, that Mm. formula down. And again, I hate to use the word formula because there's no formula in parenting, but when you become fluent at connecting with your kids to stick to your boundaries and inspire them to comply without using fear and force. Right. But to me, it's a little, it's a, it's an acronym or a formula that for me is easy to remember. But when you become really, um, good at knowing that, then you can add on a fifth step, which is a logical consequence that you agree upon ahead of time with your child. So it would look like, Mm. okay, boys. So like lately, um, dinner's been a nightmare and like, I know everyone like mama's been trying to get holiday shopping done and trying to get my new podcast up. Like there's a lot going on. I get it. And I know that this can be the best time of day where we laugh and giggle together and have so much fun at the dinner table. And I need your help. Like I can't do this alone. Like there's four of you. There's one of me. Dad doesn't get home till work till whenever. Like we need to make an agreement on how we're going to like all pitch in to have a peaceful dinner. And I need your help again, like empowerment, empowerment, empowerment. That is different than a lot of parents think an agreement is like, Today, we are going to sit still at the dinner table and you are going to show respect or else there's going to be a consequence. Do you understand the agreement? Mm. That is not an agreement. And it's it's just a compliance statement. Mm-hmm. And especially your power kids are going to come out of their skin and they're probably just going to push the button pretty soon. So instead, you set up you set it up like that. And then this pre-step or whatever before dinner starts is like then you say, OK, awesome. I'm so glad we're on the same page. You put your all your your hands in like a basketball high five team hein unite and then you say okay now should we forget this agreement or we should lose one of the team members here what do you think a good logical consequence would be because again logical consequences we want to teach our kids are not punishments they are about teaching important life skills and holding strong to boundaries so what do you guys think should happen should we forget the agreement because I'm not willing to have like a chaotic night. So then you start to brainstorm together and um, and you come, you know, you think of something together and it could, they could throw out some ideas, you could throw out some ideas. But like for me, I always think like an earlier bedtime is often a really great mm, um, okay. idea because if they are not able to sit still and be respectful, not even sit still, you have four boys, let's be real. It, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like, happening. If they're not able to show respect and stay in integrity with who they really are, then dinner probably needs to be earlier, even if it means, you know, like simple stuff on a picnic blanket on the ground um, and and bedtime needs to be earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like an example of a logical consequence that is uh, uses the four R's. It's related because, again, beha- misbehavior is often associated with tiredness, especially mm-hmm. at night. It teaches responsibility. It's respectful and it's um, related. Did I say the four? Respectful, related, teacher's responsibility and reasonable. Yeah. 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 Um, But you could, we could brainstorm more too. Like what, what else would be related? You know? Well, that, 
that makes so much sense. And in it, it makes it more simple too. Like it makes you think like you don't have to, don't have to think of these like brand grandiose, like huge situations, you know? Yeah. And one, one more thing about that, Lindsay, sorry to interrupt, but the important thing is later, like, so should they start pushing back, getting rowdy, being disrespectful, like whatever, you're going to go through the form, form and kind process. And then should it still not work out? This is so important, listeners. <laughs> you are going to follow through yes. on the logical consequence, yes. which is about teaching. You do not threaten. Like we help families stop threatening because this is what this is what happens in families. Like they're like, you're gonna you're gonna get that TV taken away. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, the kid becomes like, oh, okay, I'm going to do it four times. And on the fifth time, I'll just sit still because that's when I know my dad really means business when he starts yelling. Like we want to say stuff once and then follow through. And if the kids need to go to bed crying, it's okay. Because you know what, Lindsay, they go to bed knowing that it was their choice. Mm -hmm. And that's what you get to tell your kids like with compassion. And because, well, it's easy to muck this up if you, if you like, get up from the dinner table and you slam your plate and you're like, that's it. Early bedtime. You guys are done. I told you, right? Like it'll, it won't go so well for you. But if you're like, okay, it looks like you guys are having a hard time. You weren't able to keep the agreement. So now I'm going to follow through on what we agreed upon. And I know a lot, some of you are not going to like it and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Like, and tomorrow you get to make a different choice. Yeah. You know, it's, when you said like oftentimes the the um, rowdiness comes with tiredness and all that, I am telling you what, man, these four boys at bedtime is so hard because yeah. they are so rowdy. They're just wrestling and they're not even doing anything wrong. But it's that time of the day where you're just starting to feel crazy. And I'm I'm in this point where I'm like, okay, so much of this is their natural like this is their nature. Like they were made this way. They like to wrestle. And I'm really in this place where I'm like, what is the limit? You know what I mean? Because you don't want to stomp on like what feels right to them, but also it's like, okay, it is time for (laughs) bed. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. Uh, And it's tough. Yeah. Especially like right now, a lot, I think a lot of our kids at the time, you know, the time of this recording, obviously we're in the middle of COVID and it's, a lot of them maybe aren't having their normal sports practices or they're not yeah. having their recess or, you know, so it's like a, a puppy, right? Like if you, yeah. if you buy a Labrador or if you adopt a Labrador puppy and you're not able to like bring it to the field so it can run X amount of hours a day, like it's going to be a little chaotic at nighttime. Um, That's even it point. might still be chaotic, even if you did run them a ton. Right. So I think, yes, it's hard. And I love that you're really putting a lot of intention is like, where is my boundary? Mm-hmm. And we're going to discuss it. So the boys really understand it. We're going to use all the stuff we just talked about. And then we're, I'm going to follow through because that's how they know, you know, they, they, kids will, res- kids respect parents who stick to strong boundaries. And it is very hard for parents to stick to strong boundaries because it feels easier to just budge um, but in the long run, it just continues to kind of crush your soul, especially at night. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. Well, Wendy, this has just been so fun. You know that we'll probably have to do another one sometime. Anytime. I love being here with you. I love it, too. Tell everybody about your freebie that you're putting out. Your five Is it a five-step freebie? Yes. So at the end of January 2021, how – that's so weird. 2021. I I love it. When the new year comes, you always have to get used to saying the new year. Um, But, yeah, every year I do a five-day free parenting challenge. And the word challenge probably scares a lot of people. But basically, it's a free five-day mini course. It's the last week of January. It'll start on a Monday. And basically, it's just a way for families who want to come and learn and grow with me. Um, they can they can learn for free. So the five-day challenge um, is called the Fresh Start Parenting Challenge. And it's a great way to kick off the new year. And basically, I'll email you each morning after you register a small and short but powerful positive parenting lesson that'll take you, you know, through a journey where at the end of five days, you'll feel like you really accomplished something and you got through an entire positive parenting course. So it's, again, it's very short, like we're talking 10 minute lessons a day, but I know from doing this for years and years now that it really does change lives. And, um, it's just a wonderful way to reset, right? Like we're going into this new year and I know so many of us have hopes and dreams that it's going to be a brighter, more peaceful, more joyful, more connected year. And we can absolutely make that happen. We have so much power as parents. So families um, can learn more and save their seat over um, on the Fresh Start Family website. So freshstartfamilyonline.com. Right on the homepage, um, there'll be a registration to sign up for the free challenge. Challenge. And if families are listening after the challenge has taken place, we always have a free something on the homepage of the Fresh Start Family website. So I usually have a free that free guide to raising strong-willed kids. And this time of year, I'll have um, the registration link so you can save your seat for that free five-day challenge. But either way, listeners, head over to the website, freshstartfamilyonline.com, and come hang out with me. I love it. We will link all of that in the show notes. Wendy, what's a book recommendation you have for our listeners? Oh, I have so many. Um, All right. So for, um, I guess for general uh, positive parenting resource, I love Redirecting Children's Behavior book and workbook. We have all of this linked over on our website, freshstartfamilyonline.com. If you push the shop page up at the top navigation bar, we have all of our favorite books. So Redirecting Children's Behavior. And then if you happen to be a family of Christian faith, Jesus, the Gentle Parent is my ultimate favorite book. Um, If you're looking to align scripture with uh, your positive parenting efforts. And yeah, there's a ton more. So go check out that website because there's probably 50 that I have listed there. And then what is the last message today that you want to leave with our audience? That's a good question. How about every minute, every hour, every day is a chance to start fresh in your parenting walk? So good. Thank you so much, Wendy. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much for sharing all this great information with us. Don't forget to check out Wendy's free five-day challenge, her five-day positive parenting challenge. It starts January 25th. Just go to freshstartfamilyonline.com to learn more. You can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in the Sandy Boy Productions Network when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. 
We are on Instagram, Why Is Everyone Yelling? You can find me personally on Instagram, lindsayhine626, as well as Twitter, at lindsayhine. And if you enjoyed this conversation with Wendy, make sure you let her know. She is Fresh Start Wendy over on Instagram. All right, friends, reach out if you ever have any suggestions for the show. You can email me, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. And you can also email my assistant, Emma at sandyboyproductions.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Have a really great day and we will see you next week.